you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. And um, I want to preach tonight on a topic that... To be honest with you, I really would love to see more of the church here tonight. Um, I guess that's every pastor's uh, uh, desire, uh, no matter how many you have. You know, if there's just one person missing, uh, uh, you would wish that there was more here. But um, I wish that they could they could hear this message because I really want to preach to the church tonight, and I don't want to just rear back and 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 peel hide. But at the same time, I want to I want to get this point across in a real manner, in a real way, and um, uh, because I think this would help us in the days to come. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Acts, um, Acts chapter number two, and uh, we're going to read about the day of Pentecost, and we're going to look into that, and uh, I'm going to share some thoughts with you um, with that. Um, uh, let, me, let me give you this real quick while you're finding your place. Psalms 133, the 133rd division of Psalms, it's a, it's a very short psalm, and there's a phrase that comes out of that psalm. It's called the dew of Hermon. And uh, I was studying that out this week, and I thought the Lord was going to let me kind of preach this, but I think it's just kind of, I'm just going to share it with you uh, tonight, and He may give it to me later on. But that, that phrase, the dew of Hermon, will really fit with our message tonight. Um, that dew of Hermon refers to the, a mountaintop over in Israel. Um, and on this mountaintop, it is, uh, I, I have a hard time explaining it the exact way, but um, it's, a, it's a geographical puzzle. Um, uh, but to one who has the mind of Christ, it is no puzzle at all, but a most striking and beautiful figure. Hermon is the very lofty, the, the loftiest peak in the land of, the, of Palestine. And from its snowy calf, we all, all the surrounding countries is parched. The refreshing dew descends upon the mountains of Zion, and this is one of the figures used by the Holy Ghost to illustrate the beauty and pleasantness of brethren dwelling together in unity. And what he's talking about is the dew from this, 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 the highest mountaintop in Palestine, um, the dew of Hermon. And it's talking about how it just spreads itself across all the other mountaintops and all the valleys and, and how unity will, will spread and how unity will cause the church uh, to grow. And so uh, I, I'm really studying about church growth. And, and honestly, um, I don't mean this in any disrespect to anyone, but a lot of times when uh, you you take a when you when you get voted in, you take over a church, uh, and a lot of people leave. Sometimes you just get a fresh start, and you know we really are kind of getting a fresh start here. Uh, we got a great solid foundation. Um, uh, uh, the Lord has put the right men in the right place at the right time, and has called and, and caused us to have a a solid foundation here. And so we have somewhere to start. Um, I know some pastors that have taken over churches and they didn't even have the foundation settled. So um, that's a good thing. You know, we don't have to worry about around here. Can I tell you something that we we do worry about it a little bit, but we don't have to stress about it all that much. And that's the word, that's the big M word, money. Um, it's something, yes, it's a part of our, our deal here, but um, with when you have the building paid off and the land is paid off and you don't really owe anything, um, it's pretty nice um, uh, to, to know that, that. That helps along the ways. And so that's something that we don't have to come in here. I don't have to come in here and 
And we don't have to hammer hard on finances. We don't have to do that, you know. Uh, that's something that we'll cover in the future and something that we'll do down the road. Um, but uh, what we do have here is something that I believe that we do need to work on. Uh, and it is one thing that I, I have noticed is it is there, but it's not as, as, as much there as I would like for it to be, and that is unity. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't believe there is, there is unity in the church. I, I don't disagree with that. But there, I think that we could take our church unity to the next level and, I, and, and take us to that next level to where we draw even closer together. Um, can I tell you what my goal um, is, is that I be closer to some of the people in this very room than I am my own family. Um, it, it, and that's the truth, and, and that's how it is sometimes, you know. Um, I, I want you to be as comfortable enough with me. You know, to Here's one thing that I always want to be uh, as your pastor is I want to be very approachable. And if you ever, you watch me in this, if I ever don't get approachable, if I ever get to that point to where you feel intimidated to talk to me, please tell me. Uh, tell me before it gets bad. All right? Uh, tell me that, because I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that person. Yes, there, there, there's different forms of leadership, there's a positional leadership, there's, uh, there, there's different things, there's a direct leadership where um, there, there'll be times where I'll have to stand up and, and I'll have to say, this is how it's going to be, all right? It don't matter what you think, it don't matter who, uh, who done it in the past, it don't matter, this is how we're going to do it now. There's going to be times like that. But, uh, uh, but what I'd like to see is unity between me and you, but also unity between you and, and the person sitting next to you, the person sitting in the room. And can I tell you what? Another thing that I would love to see is unity amongst the families that are here, um, uh, uh, the, the family, and really refocus uh, on the family and get the families really close to each other and then let them branch out and get even closer to the church family. Um, and, and that'll all work together in all due time. But tonight I want to talk about the subject of unity tonight. And I want let me read you, let me read you the text verse this evening. Um, when you find your place there in Acts chapter number two, you can stand with us for the reading and reverence of God's word. Acts chapter number two, verse number one is where I'm gonna begin reading. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And they appeared upon the cloven tongues like as a fire. And it said, let me read that right. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire. And it said upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit uh, gave them utterance. And there was dwelling at Jerusalem, and there was dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, that the multitude uh, came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marvelled, saying one to another, "Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein uh, we were born?" And it goes on, we know that uh, Peter began to preach that day and, and there was 3,000 souls saved at the day of Pentecost. And, and I'm not going to take time to read any further, but uh, um, there, there's where we're at. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for what you do for us, God. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your peace, God. I pray, Lord, that you'll guide our mind. You'll, you'll, you'll guide us in a way that you see fit. And God, touch us tonight as we preach. Help us grow closer to you. Help us grow closer together in unity, Lord. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Uh, thank you, Brother Jeff. I appreciate that. 
Now, the one I had here was getting low, um, but I do appreciate it. Uh, but anyway, we, we see here, this is the great uh, story of uh, the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down and there was 3,000 souls added. We're going to get into that in just a second. Let me give you this. A few days after Thanksgiving in 2016, Eric, um, I'm not sure you say his last name, but Mr. Eric here, um, he was working on a truck. He crawled up underneath the truck in his home in uh, uh, Valvina, Virginia, and he recalls, he said, I was on my back face up, and I was trying to get some corroded brake lines when apparently the jack slipped and fell down on me. He continued, the minute the jack slipped and there was an ultimate, or there was an almost instantaneous, um, real strong smell of gasoline and just, and then just, woof, he recalls. I thought that they'd be pulling, a, uh, pulling out a dead body later that evening. He said, fortunately, though, his 19-year-old daughter, Charlotte, was home from the U.S. Air Force Academy on Thanksgiving break. She heard the noise and came flying into the garage, barefoot, five foot six, and all of 120 pounds of her. She saw her dad and, and, and still can't uh, fully explain what happened next. Charlotte recalls that uh, she lifted the truck. The first time she, uh, he said, okay, you almost got it, finally managed to get it, uh, uh, to get it out. It was some crazy strength pulled, uh, the, uh, some crazy strength took to pull him out. Once her dad was out, she jumped into the truck, still on fire, threw it into the four-wheel drive and drove it on, a th on three wheels out of the garage. And then she closed the garage doors to help contain the fire and got everybody out of the house, starting with her sister's baby. She said this, I just got what I had to do, so I don't, I, I just did what I had to do, so I don't feel like I'm a big hero or anything, Charlotte said. She was recognized later on with the Citizen Life-Saving uh, life Award by the Fairfax County Fire and Rescue and later received a $10,000 check from Shutterfly on the Ellen Show. Even, even so often, we hear a story like Charlotte's of superhuman strength in a time of need. People do the seemingly impossible, and they have no idea how they accomplish it. Have you ever seen those stories? Have you ever seen the picture of the people get up underneath the car and they pick the car up and drag the person out from underneath it? Anybody ever see those videos of those out there of how people get in those moments and they have this adrenaline dump and they literally do the impossible. And can I tell you what? God is in the impossible working business. Can I tell you where God likes to work at? He likes working with people who can't and letting them can and, and so I want to look tonight at God doing the impossible. Um, God doing the impossible tonight. Um, here at the, at the day of Pentecost, we've seen that the disciples were facing an impossible situation. They were, they, they, were, they, were, they were facing an impossible cause. When Jesus left this earth, he gave them one command. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And he told them to take the whole gospel to the whole world. It was an impossible situation. Um, and, and it's impossible to think about doing that in today's time. But imagine it in, in their time. See, in today's time, we could make a post on Facebook, get enough people to like it, and before long, you may get a couple of million views. And before long, you could probably very easily get one person from every country to like it. And then there you go. You spread the gospel across the whole world. But I promise you, they didn't have social media in those days. Uh, they had manpower, feet power. They had their voices. They had their voices that they had to themselves. And God can do the impossible 
When I think about spreading the gospel and I think about preachers doing the impossible, I can't help but think about George Whitfield. Anybody ever heard the old great preacher of George Whitfield uh, from the 1800s, 1600s, I'm sorry. George Whitfield was around, around I think it was 16 or 1800s, one of the two. Um, and he, uh, uh, he would preach. And they, he didn't have no sound system that he would preach from. But they said that when he would preach, uh, that you could hear him preach up to five miles away. Uh, just with the sound of his voice. Now, when he got done preaching, they also said that he would spit up blood. Uh, his voice would call it, it would strain it so hard that his vocal cords would literally bleed uh, uh, starting on the inside. But that's, in, that's an impossible task, but God does the possible when the impossible is there. And so let's look at this tonight, and, and let's look at this right here. Can I tell you this? When I look at this thought right here, and I look at verses uh, 1 through verse number 8, I realize this, that we need another Pentecost. Uh, we need another revival. But what is it going to take for us to see that? What is it going to take for um, Pleasant View to be revived? Uh, can I tell you what? I'm not here to, to, to bring brat, to bad news. I'm not here to, uh, to, to disappoint anybody, but look around tonight. Can I tell you what we need? We need a revival. Can I tell you what? There's a lot of empty pews here that need to be filled. Um, it's, and, and what it starts with is it starts with us, um, ourselves. It starts with us. The word Pentecost means this, 50th. It refers to the Jewish, the Jewish feast held 50 days after the second day of Passover. Uh, it's called the Feast of Weeks. You can read about it in Exodus 34, Deuteronomy 16. Um, the, uh, the Feast of the Harvest is found there in Exodus 23. Pentecost, or a day of thanksgiving, is marked uh, the end of the grain harvest, the Holy Sabbath day. Two loaves of bread made uh, from, the, from new wheat and two yearling lambs were weaved, uh, were weaved before the Lord as a, thank, as a thanks offering, praising God for His grace and giving them a good harvest. People were expected to extend this uh, feast and required to offer a free will offering to the Lord. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 1, uh, chapter number 1, verse number 3, Jesus was with them for 40 days and then ascended back into heaven. Ten days after His ascension and 50 days after His resurrection, uh, the words from Joel and John the Baptist are fulfilled. On this day, set aside the, the, the praise of the Lord for giving His people a great harvest. The Lord began to harvest the lost souls of the world uh, through the local church. Um, the church would never be the same. The world would never be the same. Christians would have never been the same, never was the same after Pentecost. That's the kind of revival I want. I want a revival that, that, that makes me not the same. Um, I shared a post just the other day on Facebook about how I wanted God to do it again. Uh, well, I remember us setting up the tent down, down, in, in, uh, in, in, down at Northwood in 2016 and how I watched 200 men get together and do an impossible task of put that tent up. Uh, that tent fell about four times. Uh, it failed several, several times, and then we finally got it to stand up right, and then it stood there for five weeks. And, and God done the impossible during those days. And I want to see Him do it again. And I'm going to see it. Uh, I want to see God move in an unusual way. We need Pentecost. Can I tell you what? I don't want a Pentecost like our charismatic friends want. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a charismatic group out there that believes that uh, they just want to speak in tongues. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, and I'll give you an example of that. I was at a funeral one time. And uh, the man that got up there preaching, I mean, Brother Jeff, he was he was shucking corn. I mean, I thought, man, he's doing pretty good. I like this. It's good. It might, hey, hey, and you know, he's, he's preaching good, Miss Michelle. I'm telling you what, he's letting a rip, Tater Chip. Next thing I know, he went down to one knee and said something about he should have bought a Honda is what it sounded like to me, uh, or should have sold a Honda, or should have drove a Honda. I don't know what he said, but it sounded like a bunch of hogwash. And all of a sudden, the spirit left the room just as quick uh, 
as it could, you know, as because that speaking in tongues that day was not some uh, some unknown language. That speaking in tongues was um, all the Gentile world or all the Galileans there uh, understood people from G uh, Jewish people and Jewish people understood the Galilean people and 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 I could even say probably Rome people Romans understood what the uh, what the Jews were saying in their own language. They understood it. Now I tell you what, God's not going to do that today. God's not. He doesn't work in that fashion today. Can I tell you how God works today? He works through a, pra a praying band of Christian believers who are united under one God. Uh, can I tell you what the church is? The church is praying band of Christian believers uh, united under God. And can I tell you what we need to do tonight, church? We need to be united together. One of the striking characteristics of the early church in the day of Pentecost was that they were together in one accord. No, they didn't drive Hondas, no, but they, they came in one accord. That means they were united um, together. The word accord means to have, uh, to, to have one mind. Uh, these early disciples, all 120 of them, were united in their desire to seek the face of the Lord. Unity was the calling card of the early church, and it should mark us as well. If we want the Lord's presence and power in these days, then God's people are going to have to walk together in unity. If you want another Pentecost, we need to move to God in these days together. And I tell you what, if we get together and lock arms in unity, that we can touch this world and, and do the impossible tonight. And so I want to preach tonight on the thought of unity. Um, do we want another? Do we want another Pentecost? Do we want revival? It starts with unity. Can I tell you what we need to do tonight, church? Number one, we need to be united in purpose. We need to be united in purpose. Can I tell you what you need tonight? You need to understand that we're in this together. And that we're, we are we got to have the same purpose. They waited on the Lord together. Verses 4 is 5. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were all dwelling. That word dwelling right there has a sense of waiting at Jerusalem. Uh, and, uh, and they were waiting. At, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem. Jews, devout men out of every nation under the heaven. And when God sent, when God was looking to who he could send revival to, and the Holy Spirit was going up and down through the earth of who he could lay, lay his presence on, he found some men that were just dwelling together. And can I tell you what we're going to have to do tonight? We're going to have to be unified together. Can I tell you what we're going to We're going to have to come together in unity. Can I tell you what? If you were to come up here, Brother Jeff, and you were to pick a fight between Colt, Kyler, and Andrew, I promise you, if you picked a fight on just one of them, you know, you're probably going to kick your tail pretty quick. But if all three of them jumped on you, even though they're three little boys, and y'all don't forget that, three little boys, they could probably put up a pretty good fight because they were together. Uh, that's just how it works. It's a unity. Uh, and we got to do this thing together, and it starts with having the same purpose. This same trait would mark the church. Philippians 1.27, he told them, uh, he said, we are told there to strive together. The phrase means to work together as athletes. We are a team. We are to work together for the glory of God, carrying out His will uh, in this world. That's our goal today, church. We need to work together. Uh, imagine a team. I remember this when I was growing up. I remember Bill Jenkins preaching on unity one time, and he done the craziest thing. He done some crazy things during this time and still does some crazy things. But uh, he done some he done something crazy this time. And I, I just I didn't get it at first, but now looking back, it made sense. Um, uh, when when Welcome Alley was really at its heyday, we were running around 150 to 160 on Sunday morning, uh, very easily in that church, very very easily 150 to 160 on Sunday morning. And uh, I remember we had the choir was real big, and I remember that we had at that time we had a man play the drums. 
not in a crazy way, but just had a little bit of drums. Now, you can fall out on me if you want to, but I think played the right way. They add to the choir. Um, I do. Do I think I want drums sitting on our platform? No. It just wouldn't look good. But if it come down, we had a big platform, you got room for them, it may make sense. I don't know. But they had a man play the drums, mama played the piano, then there was a guy that played the bass. All right? Well, Bill had told him before church what he wanted him to do. He wanted my mama to play a song, he wanted a drummer to play a song, and he wanted the bass player to play a song all at the same time. And he didn't tell nobody in the church. And so he began to preach that day. The piano player stayed in her place, mama stayed in her place, the drummer stayed in his place, and the bass player stayed in his place. And then he told them to begin playing. He said, y'all play. And I'm talking about the biggest bunch of mess I'd ever heard in my life. I think mama was playing just as I am. The drummer, I think he was playing, I'll fly away. The bass, he was, I don't even know what he was playing. I couldn't ever catch that. And then all of a sudden, Bill started singing something about angels in heaven. I had no idea what he was singing about. I'm sure that every one of those songs were very good in their own self. But when they were all played together at the same time, it sounded like a bunch of just, it was just, it was awful. Then he had them turn around and play the same song together, and they unified, and it sounded good. Everything sounded good. Can I tell you what, if we don't have unity, can I tell you what we're going to end up being? A mess. Can I tell you what, we may all be trying our best to reach out to this world, but if we're not unified together, can I tell you what we're going to do? We're going to fall on our face. We've got to be unified together. Can I tell you where it starts at? It starts with me and my wife. We've got to be unified together. Can I tell you what happens sometimes? We get ununified. And there's times where I'm over there we, we, I'm over there trying to tell Colt one thing, and then she's telling Colt something else. I'm usually trying to teach him to be a good kid. You know, she's trying to teach him to be a little brat. Uh, I don't know where that comes from. You're talking about being, I don't think we're unified together right now in that truth, but I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Colt, me and Colt's unified and agree on that. I'm just picking. But being unified together starts with us. And I, can I tell you what, well, then it branches out. But can I tell you what you need to do? You need to make sure your home is unified. And he said, preacher, that's just hard. There ain't but six of us in here tonight. You need to make sure your home is unified. You need to do everything you can. Well, this person don't agree with me. You don't understand that, can I tell you what, is it worth souls dying and going to hell just because you don't feel like you can get along with somebody? It's unity. Can I tell you what, it's unity. It's time, I tell Colt this all the time. I give him a hard time. He'll stump his toe or something. There's two things I'll tell him. I'll either tell him this, Colt, oh, Colt, come here, come here, come here. Stump his toe. He's a crying. He said, oh, my toe hurts, my toe hurts. And I'll go to him and I'll put my arm around him and I'll say, oh, Colt, I didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel that. That's one thing I'll tell him. Or I'll look at him and say, suck it up, buttercup, move on. That's one of the two things I'll tell him. But so many times we see each other going through things and that's how we treat them. You know, we don't treat them with the love and compassion that needs to take place. You may not understand what people are going through. You may not even know what they're going through. But you can still stand with them and unify with them. You can be joined together with people. You can be close to them and have the right purpose. That's what it takes. Um, we each have different functions that we take up. But uh, we should all have the same goal. And I tell you what, each one of us in here, you bring something to the service. You bring something to the church. Every single person, you say, well, I don't do nothing for the church. No, there is something special about you that you need. Uh, like Kyler brings a special uh, laughter to the church. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. You know, and you got to laugh at the kids who takes off and run. And then he gets a whooping here in a minute. And you don't know when his mama's face starts and her hair begins. Y'all get that in here in a little bit. And, uh, uh, but anyway. 
Right. But anyway, uh, we, we, each one of you brings something to the church. Can I tell you what? You have something. I can't go through and tell everybody exactly what it is because you may not yet have found what it is that you bring to the church. But can I promise you, you bring something uh, to the church. Uh, if you come into the church and your mindset is, I'm just going to sit on my pew and I hope nobody talks to me and I hope nobody comes to me. Can I tell you what? You're a bad apple and you're going you're gonna to ruin the whole bunch. It's time that we be unified together. Can I tell you what you should do when you come in as a church? You should come in looking forward to seeing each other. Can I tell you what? Miss Michelle, I say this with all honesty. I honestly do. Can I tell you what? When Jeff ain't here, it kind of it's, it's it's a different spirit in the church. It honestly is. We give Jeff a hard time all the time. We pick on him. He probably gets it probably worse than anybody. Honestly, as hard as we pick on him sometimes. It's probably deserved. Am I right, Miss Michelle? She about shouted on that. Uh, we may be in unity up here. I don't know if he's with us or not. But, uh, uh, but anyway, can I tell you what? Hey, it, there's something missing when you're not here. Can I tell you what? When you're not in the church service, there's something missing. You look around at the ones that are not. I'm not going to call anybody out from the pulpit. But if you look around tonight and notice the ones that are not here, there's something missing tonight. We don't feel whole. Uh, I know that song, and I'm not a, I don't know if I... 100% agree with it or not. Will the circle be unbroken? I don't know if I agree with that song or not. Uh, I, I do a little more study and digging on it. But can I tell you what? We're so worried about the circle being broken in heaven. What about the circle right here? Uh, we, this is a circle that we can have a hold of. This is a circle that we can draw closer together. And it's time, church, that we get a mind uh, to be united in the same purpose and realize our purpose uh, is to reach souls for the cause of Christ. Our, our goals are to do that. Our purpose is that. There, there are, <laughs> I ain't got time to go into all that. Man, I got a lot I want to say. Uh, don't get caught up in the antics of church and, or what we are called you to do and what we have asked you to do. This is why we need people who are unified. Can I tell you what? If your job was, a, was to do whatever it is for vacation Bible school and I give that job to somebody else, don't get aggravated. Take the job I do give you and give 100% at it. Can I tell you what? If you'll just do that, we'll be unified. Your, your job may be mowing the yard. Can I tell you what? When I get out there mowing the yard, I do everything. I do not do good at mowing yards. I can't make it look pretty. I, I try my best. But you know what you should do? You should try to make it look pretty. You shouldn't just leave clumps of grass sitting out there. I ain't saying anybody has. I ain't paid that much attention. But, I, but you shouldn't. You should do it the very best. Can I tell you what? Miss Michelle and Miss Ashley in here cleaning the church. Can I tell you what? They do a pretty good job with it. I ain't got no complaint. I guarantee you they do a great job. They put their whole heart into it. And when we put, if everybody puts their whole heart into everything, guess what's going to happen? We're all going to be unified. We're all going to be I'll tell you this, I ain't trying to make this like any other church, but that is one thing that I can say uh, about Amazing Grace that I felt like took Amazing Grace and let them stand out from anybody else was how unified they were. And I will never forget in, in 2014 when I was not a member of the church, had no desire at that time to be a member of the church. I wasn't preaching at the time, but there was one thing I noticed. Joe had his hemorrhage. Morgan's dad had his hemorrhage. And we were sitting at Christmas Eve in, in uh, for side hospital in the emergency room. Christmas Eve. I tell you, this ain't just any day, of, any day of the year. This is Christmas Eve. And I can remember, I couldn't tell you how many people text, how many people called me. I didn't know half of them. They got our number somehow. They picked up the phone and called and texted me and asked me how things were going. Asked me what the doctors were saying. Did we need anything? And we kept saying, no, we're good. No, we're good. Then all of a sudden, about, I don't know, 10 or 15 of them showed up at the hospital on Christmas Eve 
This was before COVID, before the, this is when they'd actually let you in the hospital. They let them in. They go straight back there, and I'm talking about they brought, I mean, it was donuts on. They brought coffee. They brought snacks. I'm here to tell you. That big church got really, really small very quick. It did. Because of unity. Because of unity. Can I tell you what we need, church, tonight? We need unity. We need to be united in the same purpose. But look right here. We need to be united in prayer. We need to be united in prayer. I tell you what, we got a prayer list. I don't just say it to just be saying it. That's a prayer list that we can all follow, that we can all go by. Now, I don't know if that, if, I think we got to be careful with, with how we handle that prayer list. And, and I don't want to see a bunch of prayer lists with a bunch of people I don't know. Honestly, I don't mean that mean. Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, don't, don't take that I don't care about people I don't know. But you know what? Sometimes in our prayer list, I want that prayer list to be intimate. I want it to be to a point to where when I call out uh, Brother Grady's name, then you know what? Grady's sister comes to my mind right away. I think about the needs of his family right away. I'm sure with, 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 with Caitlin, there's probably a lot of needs that go with that. And you know what? With, with, with her, with her dis disability, it might as well as what we need to call it. There's a lot of needs that go with that. And so my mind goes to that prayer automatically. But with Miss Mina, I, I'm not, I don't mean this disrespectful. I, I love Miss Mina. If she takes this the wrong way, then she'll call me later and we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. But she's got a lot of family members that she has prayer for. So you know what? I don't know if I necessarily can remember every name. But can what I can do is when I pray, I can ask God to touch her family, touch her brothers, touch her in-law, touch all these ones that might have asked for. And you know what? That's more, it makes it more intimate when it's like that. If you come in and say, you know what? I met somebody at the store the other day that said their cousin's brother's half-sister's uncle twice removed next-door neighbor has cancer. Well, that's pitiful. You know, I, I feel sorry. I'll pray for him. Yeah. But that ain't intimate. You know, that when I don't have a name to pray for or, a, or I don't at least have a face to pray for, I miss that intimacy of prayer. And can I tell you what that comes from? It comes from being around each other. Can I tell you what else it comes from? It comes from hearing each other pray. It comes from hearing each other give testi uh, testimonies. It comes from hearing others give prayer requests. That's unity tonight, church. That's unity. I think sometimes we get nervous and we get scared and say, well, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to call out different names in front of everybody. What kind of, this is your church family. If you can't call their name out to your church family, then who can you call them out? I'm, I'm just being real with you tonight, church. It's time that we be unified in prayer. Can I tell you what happened there at Pentecost? Those men prayed together. And I tell you what, it's time we pray together. It, won't, it ain't going to be much longer, but when, when we get some uh, better scheduling going on, then I'm going to call for our men to have a men's prayer day. And I tell you what we're going to do, we're going to go find us a rock somewhere. I don't know where. We're going to find us a rock somewhere. And we're going to go lay around that rock and pray together. Bunch of men, they may, we may even, Brother Greg, we may even cry a little bit together. You know? Uh, but can I tell you what that does? It grows unity. It goes unity together. And, and it's time that we have some unity together, church. And, and it starts with praying together. Oh, we use this saying for the family, a church or a family that prays together will stay together. Can I, you can say that about the church. A church family that prays together will stay together. And that's the truth. I can tell you this right now. I got some friends of mine that I'm telling you what, we've prayed together in some different places. Um, we was up and we had a man, uh, Brother Todd McKeon and the preacher used to put on a, uh, I say the preacher. Brother Todd McKinnon and Brother Jonathan Barker used to put on um, a men's prayer retreat every year. We got up there. We got up in Marion, North Carolina. 
for three days. We'd tear off up there. We would go. Can I tell you what we would do? We didn't go. We didn't. We wasn't. We didn't go up there to go bear hunting. We didn't go up there to go uh, uh, mountain lion hunting or, or deer hunting or squirrel hunting. Can I tell you what we done? At ten o'clock, we had service. We had church service. At lunch, we went and ate. After lunch, we went and prayed. After we went and prayed, we came back for night service. It was focused on getting right with God. And it won't be long. We're going to schedule some men's prayer week, men's prayer day, or a men's prayer night, or something like that. And we may we may come around the church. I may get a man come in here and preach to us for a little while, and then get around the altar and pray a little while. Then get up that next Saturday morning. All of us meet for breakfast somewhere, and tear off down to a mountain somewhere to pray. Um, and that's what we're going to focus on. Focus on prayer. Well, that ain't cool. Well, are you worried about being cool, or are you worried about seeing people get saved? Where, where's your priorities at? And, and, and ladies, I, I challenge you, Miss Borg is going to do some things with you uh, in the future. And, and, and I challenge you, uh, as you can tell, we have our hands full with the kids right now. So y'all bear with us. But, uh, but at the same time, it's, it, 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 we're going to try to do things to draw us together in prayer and unity. Uh, I'll tell you one on Y'all know Brother Todd McKeon, right? That's not an unfamiliar name around here, Brother Todd McKeon. Um, I wasn't at this prayer meeting, but they said there was one time he got up there, got to praying, and um, he got a hold of God, and they said he was up on the side of Raven Knob, up on the, we call it, we call it the prayer rock that we entered in on the backside, and you didn't go up through Raven Knob, you came, went, entered up to what's called Paradise Mountain. And you cross over through there and jump, basically jump off the side of the mountain to go pray, basically is what it is. Um, I came out of there about died about two or three times. I was real close to the Lord uh, when I got in there. Cause we had the hike. They said it's just a small hike. It's just a small hike down in there. But anyway, they said Brother Todd was over there. And I'm here to tell you, you walk off one of them cliffs, it's 200 feet straight down. And you'd be dead. And they said Brother Todd got out there, got to pray, and got to walking around in the woods praying. Then he got, he got up and got a hold of God, and he done, he done, the, the, the Holy Ghost done fell on him, and they said it's one of the greatest prayer meetings that they've been a hold of, they've ever been, ever been a part of. Uh, I can tell you times up at Amazing Grace, we'd have an all-night prayer meeting. And I can remember times I'd start out in the, in the choir, and next thing I know, I'm outside, I don't know how I got there, because uh, I've been praying, walking around praying, get a hold of God, praying. And can I tell you what? If we'll pray together, we'll stay together. It's time that we be united in purpose, be united in prayer. Look right here. Be united in power. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you what? It's going to take all of us being united in power. How do you be united in power? Come ye out of the world and be ye separated. I preached the last couple of services. The last couple of weeks have been coming about preaching about coming out of the world and living like Christians, not living like the world, not living with the old man, um, but living uh, with the new man and being united in power and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Can, so many times we look at that and we, we pray, Lord, fill them up with the Holy Ghost, and we just leave that with the preacher. That's not the case. That's with every church member of the church. That's with every member of the church. Every one of you. Can I tell you what? When you go to your house, when you go to your job tomorrow night or tomorrow, whatever, whatever the case may be, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled up. Can I tell you what? When you go to eat tomorrow night, if you go out to eat or something, you need to be filled up with the Holy Ghost. You just never know when you're going to need to witness to somebody. Can I tell you what? Everything you do, you need to be filled up with the Holy Ghost doing. Can I tell you what? When I was coaching T-ball, can I tell you what I needed to be? Prayed up real hard. I'm telling you. <laughs> Coach some T-ball. Brother Jeff, Miss Michelle, Miss Ashlyn, they come to some of the games. They understood the struggle. You had to be filled up. And can I tell you what? You think you, does, do you lose your temper when you're at work sometimes? Be filled up with the Holy Spirit and you won't do it. He'll protect you. And if we'll all be filled up with the Holy... Imagine this right here. Imagine next Sunday morning, every member of the church came in filled up with the Holy Spirit, ready for the service. 
Imagine what kind of service we would have. Imagine what kind of, what kind of presence of God we would see here. And it's all because we came unified in power. Then lastly tonight, we need to be unified in performance. They were all filled and they began to speak. Each one of them, well, each one of them was busy doing their part. Can I tell you what you need to do tonight, church? Can I tell you what you need to do tonight, faithful church member? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm, preaching, I'm preaching to the choir tonight. I mean, I might as well say that. Because, I mean, this is the core of the core. This is the solid ones. This is the ones, the ones that are here tonight. If I can't count on nobody else to be here, I can count on this group right here to be here. Uh, if I said I'm going to preach out somewhere, I need somebody to come back me, I guarantee you you're going to this group right here is going to do everything they can to be there to back me. And I thank you for that. I'm telling you, I do. But we all need to be, be making sure that we're united in our performance and that we're all just doing our part. I said earlier that each and every one of us in here brings something to the service, brings something to the church. Whatever that something is that you bring, just do it consistently. Do it consistently. You know, so many times I talked about the Christian life being ups and downs. So many times our service for the Lord is ups and down as well. We'll spend six weeks and I'm talking, we'll be serving God. We'll be reading our Bible every day. We'll be, we'll be putting our best foot forward every day for God. We'll be doing our best for God. Next thing you know, we'll spend three weeks. We won't pick our Bible up. We won't try to do anything extra for God. We just get caught in doing, going through the motions. You know what? If we'll just all stay united in our performance, God will do some great and mighty things which we know not. Are you, and I'll ask you these questions. Are you doing what He wants you to do? Is everybody in this room tonight doing exactly what God wants you to do? Are you doing all that you can do for Christ? Is there more that you can do? Can you pray more? Can you read your Bible more? Is there more that you can bring to each church service? Then you just need to do it. Just need to, let me give you this example. This is, pretty, this is pretty comical, but it works. We need another Pentecost. It will come when walking and working together becomes one. Vance Havner said this, Snowflakes are fragile things, but when they stick together, they can stop traffic. Snowflakes are a fragile thing, but when they stick together, they can stop traffic. I'll put it this way. Around Surrey County... When they stick together, they can stop a county. Two snowflakes will fall and we'll stop everything around here. Milk and bread will be gone. I joked about that a few weeks ago. Look at this right here. Here's another illustration. In a Peanuts cartoon, Lucy demanded that Linus change the TV channels, threatening him with her fist if he didn't. What makes you think you can walk right in here and take over, asked Linus. She said, these five fingers, says Lucy. Individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them together like this into a single unit, they form a weapon of mass, de of weapon of mass destruction that is terrible to behold. What channel do you want? Asked Linus. Turning away, he looks at his fingers and says, why can't you guys get organized and do that for me? That's a funny joke, but it's so true. It is so true tonight. Church, we've got to be unified together. It's time that we pin our ears back, put our differences aside, and stay unified. 